Welcome to Ben. Blockchain Education Network. The largest and longest running network of students, alumni, and professors excited about blockchain across the world. A podcast for students by students, sharing their vision that anyone, regardless of wherever they are in the world, will be able to use blockchain as a vehicle to create wealth for themselves and their communities. This is Ben. The Blockchain Education Network. Hey everyone, so today I'm, I'll be your host. My name is Yuan, I'm with the Blockchain Education Network. And here with me is Kayvon from Cerdic. Hey Kayvon, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well, enjoying the conference. That's awesome to hear, man. So I think it'd probably be helpful for our listeners to sort of get a broad overview of Cerdic, what Cerdic does, and, and yeah, I think that'll be a great place to start. Okay, cool, yeah. So we're the largest auditor in the crypto and blockchain space. We focus on all things cybersecurity related. Best known for our smart contract audits, but we've also been building a lot of products kind of in the background to do more real-time monitoring and automated scanning in the crypto space. So my role is I'm a product manager. I lead our Skynet product, which is kind of the you know premier scanning tool, pretty much all things kind of security. That makes sense. So I think for our listeners who are not so familiar with the security space, do you want to like maybe help provide an overview of how normal smart contract auditing might be different from I guess, you know, some of the real-time monitoring things you were mentioning, and I guess the other suite of products that Cerdic has been building. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Smart contract audits are, are uh, you know, kind of a standard part of the smart contract development process. It typically comes near the end of the development cycle before a code is ready to be deployed. Uh, you want to audit that code, and you want to make sure that, you know, once this immutable contract is on the blockchain, that there's no kind of known vulnerabilities in there, there's no potential attack vectors, opportunities for exploits. So, you know, it's, it's a relatively standard process. You know, most legitimate projects get one or more audits on their code. And so, you know, it's that's kind of the space that we've been playing in for a while. One thing we did recognize, though, is that, you know, audits are highly effective in, in detecting any vulnerabilities before a code is deployed. But once a contract is deployed on the blockchain, there's additional attack vectors that potentially cannot be caught before. So for example, you know, if it's integrated with an Oracle and that Oracle gets hacked, then, you know, that's an attack vector that you can't really detect while you're doing the audit. Or if you're interacting with smart contracts that are unaudited, you know, and those contracts get attacked, you know, that's another potential attack point. There's also new vulnerabilities that are introduced that no one previously may have known, right? So, you know, once these kind of come into play and your contract's already deployed, this is something critical so with all of these things kind of taking place in the security industry, we realized that there's a huge opportunity to build sort of an antivirus for crypto, you know, something that once you are deployed, there's, you know, continuous real-time security monitoring. And at the same time, we've been building out this sort of intelligence scanning engine where, you know, every time we do an audit and we catch a new bug or a new vulnerability, we add this to our database. And so there's continuous kind of updating and scanning of your code attend- against the newest attack vectors. So that's kind of the, the, the role that the audit plays in and then also kind of the post-audit deployment, Skynet monitoring. Wow, that's awesome. So I think Skynet sounds really awesome. Like, you know, I, I guess, could you talk a little bit more about, you know, what, what it entails when you say that it does like real-time monitoring? Does that mean that you guys are continuously scanning the mempool? We are, yeah, exactly. So once, once the contract is deployed, there's a, a few different parameters that we scan. So one of the tools that we recently deployed is Flashland Lump. Flashlane monitoring. So we're integrated with a lot of the major DEXs. And anytime there's any potential flash loans taking place, we would get real-time alerts for that related to the project. 
and immediately contact the project as well as the community. Flash loans have been a big part of, you know, kind of exploits recently. So that's something that we've been focusing on heavily. The other part is kind of, as you mentioned, once the code is kind of deployed on the contract, we're continuously monitoring that code, you know, 24-7 and scanning to see if there's any match for any piece of code that matches kind of the critical vulnerabilities in our database. And so if that's the case, then we alert the team right away, kind of let them know what the exploit is, you know, how to potentially remediate that. There's also other things that we kind of take a look at. One of them is like social sentiment. So if there's a lot of buzz on Twitter about a project, you know, potentially something going wrong and there's a lot of negative feedback that gets incorporated into Skynet. And we try to look into what that may be. You know, these can be things like the founder is potentially kind of looking to add liquidity or, you know, there's some shady business going on that doesn't have to do with the code, but more so kind of the team behind the code. We also look at market volatility. If there's like a sudden spike in liquidity or, you know, something's going on with the price, that's also potential attack vector. So, you know, we've, we've been building out these like key security primitives that kind of factor into this. And so for Skynet, there's actually two parts to Skynet. The first part is what the team sees, right? So this is our client portal. It's kind of the Skynet hub. And you can basically monitor kind of the real-time status and all the critical security details that you need as a project team. And the other side of it is the community-facing part of Skynet. So if you go on certic.org, that's kind of our community-facing leaderboard. And you can read through all of our audits for a project. And at the same time, any any projects that integrate Skynet, you can see all of their kind of real-time security metrics and, uh, you know, assess for yourself, like, where are their potential vulnerabilities and weak points? And we summarize all of that into a security score. So the security score is kind of an easy-to-understand score where, you know, if you're not super technical and you don't know what a lot of these parameters mean, you can just look at the score and kind of judge for yourself, you know, this is like a 71 or this is an 83 out of 100, you know, high risk, low risk, so to speak. So, you know, for us, it's critical that the community is engaged in security because, you know, a lot of times, like, access to security is not super reasonable for community members, and we're trying to do everything we can to play both on the, the project side as well as the community side. That's very interesting. So I, I, I guess, like, a question would then be, you know, like, let's say there's a, a new project, right? You have, they haven't necessarily gotten an audit from Certic. The team hasn't reached out to Certic to, I guess, use Skynet, but you also still then, you know, consider building, like, a community sort of a community portion of the Skynet infrastructure for the project. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, typically we hesitate to integrate Skynet with a project that hasn't been audited for us. That's actually one of the factors that we take into place is like knowing that the audit has found like certain risks in the project already we will kind of embed those risks into Skynet. So we pay extra attention there. So it's a little bit more difficult for us to just do real-time scanning for all projects. I mean, it's quite costly and also labor-intensive for our engineers to integrate Skynet to do all of this monitoring. So you know, that's that's a challenge for us is that, you know, we want to work with these projects and make it as accessible as possible, right? So, you know, larger projects that have more contracts versus projects that have less contracts, you know, we'll work with them within reason just to get as much as we can. But, you know, at the same time, like, we want to make sure that, you know, clients that get onboarded into our systems are also audited by us because I think they play two different roles, right? It's mm-hmm. not, Skynet isn't a substitution for an audit, but it's also, an, it's more of an enhancement for an audit, right? So that's the way that we kind of see it. So what about, like, I guess cases where projects might get audits from like other companies and then they come to you saying, okay, we have these audits, but we'd be interested in, in using Skynet. Like, is it still going to be the case that because I guess you are less familiar with their code that it'd be a little harder to work together? 
as part of Skynet? Yeah, you know, we, we have our own audit methodology. So, you know, there, there are a lot of other great auditors in the space, but at the same time, the way that we've structured Skynet is really, you know, factoring in our audit methodology and sort of, you know, trust in our own engineers to be able to scan this versus, you know, to being dependent on a third party. At the same time, we do everything on a case by case basis. So, you know, it may be the case that we can integrate that. It just kind of really depends. But that makes sense. Yeah. So then how would you say your audit methodology differs from sort of other auditors? Yeah, totally. So we have kind of two parts to our audits, right? First part is automated scanning, right? So, you know, the first 24 to 48 hours of the audit, we're essentially running the audit through our automated system to scan and detect for any risks based off like the audits that we've performed, right? So we've, we've performed thousands of audits. We're the largest auditor in the space. And as I mentioned before, every time we perform an audit, it kind of gets added to our critical vulnerabilities database. So that automated scanning tool set is kind of what differentiates us from other auditors who are maybe less experienced in the space or don't have sort of the capabilities to build out these level of tool sets. And once that takes place, then we go into our manual review. So we do kind of a line by line code review with two auditors to kind of get two pairs of eyes on it. At the end of the day, our auditing process is still a very human intensive process, but as much as we can, we start to build out other tool sets to sort of assist on that. And yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the way it goes without getting into too much of the technical detail of what we look for. So am I correct in sort of understanding that most other auditors, you know, it's it's far more of a manual process relative to you guys where, you know, as you mentioned, you have this automated scanning to assist with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know the inner workings of all the auditors per se, but I do know that we've invested the most heavily in terms of like building out kind of tool sets to differentiate ourselves, assist the auditors kind of as much as possible. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the manual review is actually a critical part of it, right? Because especially if you have code that's like brand new code that, you know, there's potentially no understanding of the attack vectors, you know, you have to have a little bit more of a manual intensive process versus a project that's forked is maybe a little bit more automated of a scan. So, you know, I'm not 100% familiar with all the other auditors. There are, again, there's a lot of great auditors out there, but I think in terms of like investment in these additional tool sets, we've, we've kind of gotten the most heavy investments. We recently say we used our Series B and Series B Plus, and a lot of what we're doing there is kind of adding to our product suite, right? Both kind of the audit methodology product suite and also the Skynet product suite. So for us, it's very important to just keep investing as much as possible to make ourselves kind of the best and most trusted auditor in the space. That makes sense. So are you guys just focused on the sort of, I guess, EVM ecosystem? Have you guys started looking into projects, say, on Solana, which I understand has a different sort of, I guess, language that the code is written in? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Solana, Cosmos... Pretty much the entire ecosystem we're, we're, you know, we're kind of opening up towards, you know, we've done a bunch of Solana audits already. We've done a bunch of audits in Go and Rust. And so what we're trying to do is make sure that we keep a pulse on the space. Primarily EVM at this point still, you know, we have uh, very deep partnerships, the BSC ecosystem, the Polygon ecosystem. Obviously, the Ethereum community is very important to us. We've done audits for Avalanche projects, you know, kind of all across the board, always kind of still being open to to new things that are coming out. And, and uh, you know, for us, like we have, uh, you know, over 100 team members, we have the most capabilities in terms of engineers. So what we're trying to do is get as much of a diverse set of engineering talent as we can, right? You know, folks that are focused on solidity, but then also Rust and Golang and kind of the whole suite. So to answer your question, yes, you know, definitely yeah, open. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, thank you, Kayvon, for you know answering my questions. I think it's been super insightful. Did not really know much about auditing before this, but this, this yeah, learned a lot today. Thank you for your time, Kayvon. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
This was another episode of Ben. Blockchain Education Network. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at BlockchainEDU. And visit our YouTube channel for more valuable blockchain content.